Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta, and we're here with a special guest. He made his major league debut on September 4th, 2020. Is that good? He is Atlanta Braves prospect. I guess we can call you roster star, Patrick Waggle. What is up, Patrick? Hey, Johnny. Appreciate you having me on. Just enjoying my off day right now. Hop on the pod. What, what a better way to spend the off day than with me. I mean, you just love to hear those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just uh, in the hotel, so. <laughs> Where are you right now, actually? So we're at the I'm at the alt site right now, uh, which is in Gwinnett, about 40 minutes north of Atlanta. Okay, all right. So you're just grinding down there. I, I gotta ask you, how's my guy doing? How's Kyle Muller looking down there? Yeah, he's electric, man. He's he, his personality and his stuff, man. He's he's a joy to be around, and watching him pitch is fun. It is fun, and I'm just patiently waiting. But hopefully, by the time this drops next week, we're recording this on September 16th. Hopefully, by the time this drops, he gets the call. Gets the call to the show, man. I mean, he must just be grinding to the bone down there, waiting to get that call to the show. What's that atmosphere like down there at the alternate site? Are guys just chomping at the bit to get called? <laughs> yeah, man, we got a good group of guys. We got a solid mix of uh, younger guys that are just starting their career. We got a good mix of older guys that you know are right on the cusp. They've been up and down, or have, you know, have a couple of years in the league. Uh, you know, I think Pablo's third day was yesterday. So Pablo Sandoval signed him the other day. So it's been really cool having him around. And it's it's weird, man. I walked in and we had the news hadn't dropped on, you know, whatever. I just walked in. I see a San Francisco bag and, you know, Panda's just <laughs> in this locker. I'm like, oh, we got Pablo. <laughs> is, he, is he as thick as he looks on TV in person? Because he gets that, per, 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 like, persona, like he's a massive, massive dude. Like, is he a thick boy like Vladdy? I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty big, but I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's, he's a joy to be around, man. Like he's such a personality, um, you know, some guys coming into a new clubhouse like that, you don't know what the vibe's going to be. You don't know how approachable they are. And yeah. I mean, he's a guy that went out of his way to come say hi to everybody and, and engage in conversation, you know, just uh, being around and even hearing him talking to young guys like Drew Waters, uh, just about switch hitting and, and stuff like that. It's, it's uh, he's really cool, man. Drew Waters is disgusting at the game of baseball. I'll just say that. I mean, this guy. I I, I think uh, I think Nolan told me about him, and I was watching this guy's highlight tapes on YouTube, and this guy just mashes baseballs for a living. Isn't he? Isn't he just disgusting? Like, what's that? What's the competition like at that alt site? Because you're pretty much facing the biggest, like one of the biggest prospects in baseball, and him, Christian Pache, like all these guys that are freaks. Yeah, man, it's good. It's. Uh it's like I said, it's a good mix of older guys that are right on the cusp and a lot of young guys are starting the career. Um, you know, there's certainly guys such as like you mentioned, Pache waters, another guy, shoemaker um, coming in that, uh, you know, younger guys that just have really quality ABs that go up every time. And like, it's not, it, it's a high level at bat and it's great as a pitcher because you have to face those guys so many times here at the alternate site. Every time you pitch, it's the same guys. So, you have to be – they're good enough hitters. They know what you're going to do. And, you know, we're good enough that we know what kind of what their weaknesses and strengths are. And it's a really fun chess match getting to face those guys over and over again. Is there some guys there – and, honestly, this is a trust circle that have kind of owned you in the batter's box. Like, some guys that are kind of striping it off you? Let's see. Um, honestly, sneaky Jonathan Morales down here. We got drafted in the same class in 2015. He's caught me at every single level, and we've played at every single level together, and he's been behind the plate for most of my innings. And 
and he knows exactly what I'm going to do and how I'm going to pitch it. He just waits for the pitch, and he's, he, he hits me, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Dude, it's kind of unfair because if, when you have the catcher obviously going up in the batter's box against a guy he's caught for so long, you know the pitch sequence. You know where he's going to locate. You know what pitches he misses, what pitches that he always paints. So it's just a tough bounce for, for that. But I want to talk about that call to the show, man, because I remember um, when you got called up uh, – t- T. Lawson follows us. Not a big deal. Whatever. Yeah. Humble brag. He posted on a story, and I'm like, we need this guy on the podcast because you just, you're just a big body. But besides the fact, let's go into that debut, man. Where were you when you got that call that you're going to be playing in the show in front of Acuna, Freeman? Ever heard of him? Yeah, man. Uh, so I was on the previous road trips taxi squad. And so, um, you know, at home, the whole alt site is the taxi squad. And then when you go on the road, they choose – uh, five guys, I think, that travel with the team that you're, like, with the team, but you're not on the team. So we had just gotten back from Boston, and I had just driven back to Gwinnett to check back into the Altsite Hotel, and I had stopped to pick up some lunch on the way, and I got the call while I was picking up lunch. So I just turned right around and went back to the team hotel and got ready. Hell yeah, dude. That's a lot. And did you know you were going to be going into that specific game on September 4th? Or did you not just ha- – you have no idea. You just kind of prepared in the bullpen like you were going to be going in. I had no idea, man. Uh, you know, I got called up twice last year and didn't go in either time. I was up for two days the first time and then three days the second time. Didn't get in any of those games. So this is the third call up. Um, I, I was the 29th man for a doubleheader. Um, so, you know, two games. It's a little different this year. Seven innings. Um, but you know that you're probably going to, um, you know, throw more guys than usual. So I knew there's a chance, but – you know, any day in the bullpen, you just don't know if you're going to get in or not. So, you just got to do the same thing every day. <laughs> and that and that Braves bullpen, man, is something serious. And you got one guy in there that's shocking the world. One guy that my smart brain said was going to absolutely carve this year. He came on the podcast. Tyler Matzik, okay? Everyone, everyone just thought this guy was dead and gone. They thought he was done. He comes in the Braves bullpen. He's playing an indie ball last year. Comes in that Braves bullpen and plays a massive part, man. He's absolutely carving. He looks pretty good. I'm excited for that guy. What has your experience been like with Team Ats? He's a great dude. Um, just what he's been able to battle through in his career um, is, I mean, just speaks testaments kind of guy he is. Um, but you know, we, he got he was in the minds with us last year in uh, Mississippi and Gwinnett at the end of the year, and you can tell. I mean, just the way the ball comes out of his hand, it's just he has an electric fastball. He's all he has the stuff and. And to see him go out there and do what he's done this year, um, you know, it's not surprising because we got to see little glimpses of it last year. But, I mean, it's it could not be happier for the guy. That guy deserves it, man. And how crazy is it, though, going back, like looking back at it, the fact that he had the yips and he was pitching on opening day for the Colorado Rockies. Like he had no idea where his fastball was going. And he just had no idea where any of his pitches were going. Just looking back on that, like being a guy like you that played in a major league game, how crazy is that to just have no idea? Uh, you can't, it's you can't put it in words, man. That's scary out there. I mean, uh, I remember <laughs> yeah. he threw like forty-five or fifty changeups because he just had like it was like just a little bit better than his fastball. He kind of knew where it was. He didn't really know it was going, yeah. but he, like he knew where it was going, kind of. So he threw, he threw like fifty changeups that game. <laughs> <laughs> he told the story on here, and honestly, I was at a loss of words because this was at the time in spring training when he was just carving. I believe he had like he had I think four strikeouts and four and three innings, something like that, just absolutely carving. He got, he, he was pitching in front of uh, 
ESPN did this weird spring training thing where it was Red Sox Braves and he actually got an appearance in that game and he was just absolutely carving just looking unbelievable man so I want to go I wanted to go into when you step on that mound in your big league debut because you look I'll be honest with you man like you kind of look like you kept your composure but you were a little bit nervous as I could tell but uh, this is me being a stack guy 94 mile an hour paint was the first pitch you ever threw fastball outside corner stack guy Johnny Junta how nervous were you before that first pitch um, I mean, a, a little bit, but honestly, like being called up a couple times last year, I had been around the stadium. Um, I'd been around the guys a lot. So, I mean, there was some level of, you know, familiarity, um, get out on the mound, like I threw the first pitch and, you know, I had so much adrenaline in my body. Like it was tough to feel the baseball cause I had so much adrenaline. Um, but you know, like I didn't. Uh, you know, I'm still going through my routine, still hitting all my breaths, all my checkpoints that I hit, you know, when I'm on the mound and, you know, doing what I need to do. Um, you know, obviously it didn't work out for me that day, but that's why you just keep doing it and keep getting used to it and keep getting better. It was a little weird. No fans in the stands, not gonna lie though. It's, yeah. it's, it's unique. It's, uh, you know, they can turn the fan noise up as much as they want, but I mean, you, it, doesn't even register. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll chalk that debut as like, we'll put an asterisk beside it. Cause there's no fans. If there was fans there, I think you would have went three scoreless. That, that That's the narrative that I'm going to kind of start three scoreless with fans in the stands. But when you're making that debut, man, I mean, just looking back on that, cause it was, I mean, a couple weeks ago or a, m- a month ago, I guess, but it wasn't even, am I an idiot? It was 12 days ago, dude. Look at the calendar. Jesus Christ. But looking oh. back on that, do you think it kind of was bummy or just kind of tough? The fact that your family wasn't there, obviously your girlfriend wasn't there. No one was there to kind of experience that and soak in that major league debut with you. Um, yes and no. Like I know they're watching on TV and they had also been in the stands when I got called up the first time. Um, so, yeah. I mean, they got to experience me in a big league uniform. I didn't get to see me pitch, but they got to see me in a big league uniform and a stadium full of sta- you know, stadium full of fans. And I think that made it a little bit better knowing that, you know, they got to see that version of me. They may not see me pitch, but at least they saw that, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and we got to definitely talk about the number. I mean, what number were you wearing again? It was, it was like, fi- was it 50 something? 65. 65. We got to definitely work on that number. I mean, is that, do they just throw that to you? Well, see, last year I was 72, so why I Jesus. see it, I'm working my way up. I was 72 <laughs> last year, 55, hopefully, you know, a couple more parents yeah. and I get a, I like to pick a number, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. It's just, it, I mean, most people say, like, I don't care what jersey I get. If I'm in the big leagues, doesn't matter, which is definitely a cliche answer, but sure. you definitely want to be looking good on the mound there, and the number 65 is just not going to cut it. I mean, we need you to yeah. get we need we need you to go in kind of like the low 30s, like maybe a 32, 34. Like that's the that's the prime number for a pitcher. What what number? Let's break news here. What would be your number if you got to pick for the Atlanta Braves? Honestly, that's a tough question because I know we got a ton of numbers retired, um, and I know I have, could not tell you the the numbers on the team right now. <laughs> I know historically, growing up, uh, I always wore uh, 18 and 34. Um, those are just the two numbers I always had growing up. So, I mean, if those were available at the time, then that's what I would probably wear. But, you know, I'm not coming for anyone's number or anything if someone's wearing that right now. But I'm just saying that's what I wore when I grow up. So I'd probably choose one of those two if it was available. Yeah, 34 is a big boy number. I mean, 34 is like that's the top dog in the bullpen, the top dog in the pitching rotation. Right, that number. 
Yeah, yeah, you wear you wear that. It's pretty much like you're you're walking around like the main guy on campus, and <laughs> and the cool, the also the unreal thing about the Braves to me is, is I said this to Matzik and I said this to Kyle and all those guys, is that lineup that you have of guys behind you. Pretty much a ball that gets hit in the air anywhere in the ballpark is caught. You just hate to see it. You just hate to see it as a hitter. How cool was that, man? To kind of just look around that infield and outfield, and you have Acuna behind you, um, and then you have Freddie Freeman. And then you have uh, – ever heard of Ozuna? Yeah, that guy. How <laughs> yeah. disgusting is that, man? Because I would be at a loss of words if I was even sharing a field with those guys. It's sick, man. They uh, they made the game look so easy behind us. And uh, like you said, um, ball's in play. Yeah, I, there's a high chance you're gonna make, it's going to be an out. Um, I Just in summer camp, just the lineups that we face. I mean, we had, we're rolling out, you know, playing our squads. We've got – two nine-man lineups and both of them are like legit big league lineups that could play on any you know could be any team we got two lineups full of them yeah and it's it's crazy and see especially playing with like uh you know playing with Acuna coming up play with Camargo coming up uh you know most of the pitchers played with coming up and just seeing just how much they've grown how much the development has jumped um you know I never got to play with Dansby he was always one level ahead of me um but just being in the same organization and watching those guys all the way up, man, it's it's sick being able to watch those guys in the show right now and do what they're doing. Oh, it's definitely cool. It's definitely cool. Like it's like for me watching the Jays, the one of the biggest wagons in Major League Baseball. Not not to be a homer here, but yeah, you just love to see it. But um, so you mentioned playing with all these guys. Did you get a chance to play? So you obviously you've played with Soroka coming up, or he's one of my best friends, man. He's he's. <laughs> oh, well, let me be clear here. I am zero for one lifetime against Mike Soroka. In Arizona, three pitches, good morning, good afternoon, good night. That's when I knew this guy was going to be a big leaguer. He's Canadian, I'm Canadian, and we just kind of get along. So you should just slowly, like, you should just kind of low-key reference this podcast to him and see, and just, like, throw the fish, throw it in the water. (laughs) Throw the fish in the water, see if he'd hop on. Because let me be clear, if I got Mike Soroka on this podcast, I would be at a loss of words. And I said this last week with Dustin May, but Soroka kind of hits closer to home for me. He's Canadian. So tell me a funny story about Soroka that I can kind of mention whenever we get him on here. Uh, man, it's, there's not one particular story I can mention. But, I mean, like I said, we played at every level together. We were in Danville and Rome and everywhere. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, he's so advanced for his age. I mean, I'm learning stuff from him that, you know, I'm three, four years older than the guy. And I'm learning, you know, I'm learning stuff from him even back when we are in 2016 in Rome together. Um, just the level that he pitches at, the maturity that he has as a person, um, and the work ethic. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever met, you know, just playing baseball. Um, I mean, he's it, – it's so fun to watch him pitch. And it's not – he has outstanding stuff, don't get me wrong, but the way he pitches is just – it's next level. It, it, he's pitching the way that, you know, veteran guys in their 30s are pitching, and he's doing it at 22, 23. Yeah. No, man. Just. Yeah, what ha- what happened to him this year, man, is just uh, it, it, it's one of those things where you're just like, I, 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 I was at a loss of words, man. He's just he's just the guy that kind of puts baseball Canada, like Canadian baseball on the map, just based off of his success in the big leagues and seeing stuff like that happen to that guy. Not to get sentimental. It's just a shitty bounce. Like it's honestly for Braves fans. It's definitely a tough blow to take when you lose your ace. So I mean, what what was kind of running through your head when you kind of saw that? Because you kind of see all the 
all the hard work he does behind the scenes. So just to see that in one moment, his season's gone. What was that kind of like for you being a friend with him? What a question, by the way. Holy dude, shit. Yeah, I get dark here. I mean, dude, it was heartbreaking, man. I, I was playing Xbox with my boys back home. And, and I mean, I, want, I have the iPad up, you know, watching the game and I'm playing my, you know, playing Xbox. And I mean, I saw, I saw him go down, I saw him grab and I just like, I, I turned to my boy. I'm like, we're in the middle of you know, uh, war zone game. I said, guys, I'm getting been there, been there. Just it off, and uh, just just heartbroken for him, man. Um, but I know the work ethic that he has. I know the attitude that he has. The maturity he has. I know that he's going to bounce back even stronger, and I'm sure he's going to be even better when he comes back because he's always finding ways to get better even when you don't think you can so <laughs> yeah no for sure man and he needs to get the officially unofficial bump because last month we had a guy sam huff on from the texas rangers what happens three weeks later he gets called to the show it's just like this is what happens i mean you just get the bump just you should be expecting a call in a couple days because it, <laughs> it honestly might happen here man i mean that's incredible so who's a couple other guys man in the brave system that's kind of, I guess you could say, a low-key prospect, but it's going to be big time in the major leagues, you think? Dude, we have so many guys. I mean, just pitching down here. De La Cruz, you know, called up uh, yesterday. Um, I think sent him back down there. But De La Cruz is a kid that um, went from – he was in high last year, got to double A, doing no hitter. Um, he's – at the outside here, he's been 96-99. And – uh, just disgusting two seams, throwing a slider at ninety ninety one. He's he is disgusting stuff. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about Mueller. Um, watching Ian Anderson pitch here is it, it was incredible. Oh no God, surprise what he's doing right now because he I think over like fifteen innings he had punched out like twenty four twenty five in his last yeah <laughs> his I last like, three starts here. Uh, he just he's another guy like he's, like he's another guy like Soroka man just pitches beyond his years. He knows exactly who he is, what he's good at, and he executes it. And it's it's pretty incredible to watch. Um, who else we got here? Uh, Hitter wise, obviously you got Waters, Pache, Bryce Ball has some man pop. Um, that guy's a freak. Bryce Ball is a freak. Yeah, he's got he's got some man pop. Um, Shoemaker is obviously he he great hitter, great at bats. Love facing him. Um, but, oh, Shea Langlers, man, that guy can play. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he rakes. He's gotten me this year at the all site. Not great. Um, man, we, we have so many guys that even last year between double A and triple A, you know, we played teams that they'll roll. I'm you know speaking as a pitcher, they'll roll out a couple guys that we can see like, okay, like I can see it. Like that guy, you know, is probably going to make it. You know, they got one or two of them. Like we had five or six guys in double A and triple A that are just unbelievable. They're just like, it's a big leader. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. And you mentioned that De La Cruz guy. Um, the funny story about him. So I'm obviously, I'm pretty good friends with Nolan Kingham and he was charting, uh, De La Cruz, De La, whatever, De La Cruz on the mound. This guy throws for people listening. You don't know who this guy is. He throws a 92 mile an hour <laughs> changeup. Am I right? He doesn't nine. How dude, how is that even possible as a hitter to see not like a 92 mile an hour changeup? Like how, how just talk about this guy. I mean, this guy's insane, right? He's he's uncomfortable to play catch with. Um, and that, that's what you know, I, like that's how I judge stuff. Like, if I'm uncomfortable to play catch with that person, then I, I they're disgusting. I don't like it. Bellicruz is one of those guys, man. He throws his fastball. He, I don't know if he does it on purpose, but it'll cut, it'll rise, it'll two seam, and then he has that change up, this 92, and just kind of drops, and then his slider 
same thing with 91, 92, and that's gross. It's just, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> He's no. going to be exciting to watch. No, it, yeah. Like, you guys just roll out prospects by the bunch. So I'm going to say a yeah. couple names, and you just tell me the first word that comes to mind when you think of these guys. A couple former guests. So I'll, I'll, I'll start it off here. Grayson Genista. What comes to mind when you hear the name Grayson? My boy. Uh, unit. Unit. Okay. The next one is a man by the name of Kyle Muller. We already said it. You can't use electric. We need we need another name here. That's his favorite word. Um uh cheesy. Cheesy. Is it because of the instas? Is it because of the insta fix? His fastball and his social media. Cheesy. Yeah. Yeah, cheesy. <laughs> True. His fastball is cheesy. He just hit a hundred, actually, I believe, a couple weeks ago. I saw it. Good for him. Good. I'd be proud of him. I'm proud of him for him. I even said when he makes his major league debut, I'm having a beer for every strikeout he has. And Heasley, Jonathan Heasley said, I might be blackout by the time that's over because this guy is <laughs> going to be carving people up. And the last yeah. one is, like I mentioned, my boy, I don't know if you've had a lot of interaction with him, Nolan Kingham. What comes to mind when you think of Nolan? Horns that down. Oh, whoa, whoa. For the people listening, Wag just gave the horns down signal. So you, you're not a Texas guy, I assume, right? You went to Houston. No, nah, I went to Houston. Um, yeah. Honestly, I haven't spent much time with Kingdom. I just know that it gets him riled up. So <laughs> It does. It does. <laughs> I respect it, though. He's a big Texas guy, man. Is, is, is that a true rivalry, though? Like, is that a massive rivalry? Like, the University of Houston hates Texas? Uh, I think most schools in Texas hate Texas, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, yeah. That's just this kind of the program. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I guess that's how you that's how it rolls down there, man. I mean, you, every, everyone just hates Texas because I mean, I guess Texas gets a majority of the like, the clout. At, is that is that what it's like there? Uh, yeah, clout. Um, there are certain guys I know that have the attitude, the, the Texas attitude. Um, it's yep. just. It's, a mix of things down there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it honestly, for me, and especially a guy being from Canada, the University of Texas and just like watching college game days and stuff like that, it just looks like a whole nother planet over there. Like it just looks insane. I mean, you got, yeah. the, you got the guys in the stands and the cowboy hats and buckles and all that. It just, it looks like out of a, like a Western movie down there at the University of Texas. So are, so are you, a, are you, are you a University of Houston football guy? Cause I saw you, I saw you wearing an LSU Tigers hoodie at an LSU game. So jokes on you. I, I did my research. So my fiance, she went to LSU. Her whole family's diehard LSU. So, um, you know, part of the family now. So we're in LSU, but I mean, Houston football, um, you know, probably reason we don't like Texas as well as it's Tom Herman. Um, so, you know, grateful for what he did at Houston, but, you know, anytime you leave, you're not going to root for the guy. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, when I was in school, going to Houston games, Houston basketball is on the rise right now. I love yeah. watching the basketball team. Yeah. Baseball team just unveiled a brand-new facility that's, I mean, top tier in the nation. Um, you know, I can't say enough great things about my school. So, yeah. I mean, I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> you got me sold. You got me sold on UH. But uh, you guys had a quarterback there that actually transferred, right? But he was this, he was nasty. I forgot his name. Yeah, Derek King. He went to Miami. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's disgusting. But he apparently he couldn't show up in the first half against Miami because he lost me money. But that's beside the fact. He just decided to just <laughs> he, he decided he decided to be fraud against the, in the first half. But and you mentioned the LSU thing. So so are you like a are you technically now kind of a diehard LSU guy? Like, are you rooting for them this year? Um, 
I'm rooting because it makes the it makes the family happy. So I mean, I think I got to because it's part of the family. So <laughs> hey, know. a big family. I'm saying it's happy wife, happy life. You know, yeah. so you know we're getting married in November. So after November, that'll be true. Oh uh, yeah, uh, dude, I can't come to that. The borders aren't open, so I won't be able to uh, attend uh, that. So I'm gonna withdraw my invitation to the wedding, just like I did for Heasley, because Heasley refused to invite me to his wedding for some reason, which is fine. I respect that, Heasley. But um, are, are you one of those guys? I'm, I'm assuming you're not one of those guys doing the destination wedding. No, we're going to get married in Houston. There it is. Okay, I respect that because I have, I, have a, I have a bugaboo with destination weddings. It's just very expensive. We don't like that. It's just you hate to see it. You make your guests pay an excessive amount of money. But let's go, back to, <laughs> let's go back to baseball here, man. How mad are you, a guy in the NL, how mad are you that pitchers don't hit anymore? Is that one of those things you're like, damn? Honestly, um, it's not that big of a change in the minor leagues. I mean, as a young guy, obviously, I'm speaking from my experience. But in the minor leagues, you don't get a pitcher hitting until double A. Obviously, it's nice to have an easy out in the lineup. Um, most of the time, they're bunting anyway. Um, but, I mean, as a fan of baseball, I kind of like the DH, honestly. That um, just provides more offense in the game. It makes my job harder as a pitcher. So, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I'm, I'm honestly indifferent if it stays, if it goes. I know Muller is going to be heartbroken because that guy lives for batting. <laughs> he loves hitting. He loves, loves hitting. I think if he could be a first baseman right now, he would. But, uh, yeah, he, he lives for hitting, man. And uh, so I know some guys are going to be pretty upset about it. But uh, I've, I have, I think, 11, 12 at-bats. I, I got my two hits. I'm good. I don't need to see any more pitching. Especially if you got a guy like they're asking, you know, you go up there and bunt. And the guy's throwing 96, 97. And I'm just – I don't yeah. want to be here. I respect it. You're two for 11. You're two for 11 at the plate. Uh, I don't know exactly how many bats, but I know that uh, I have two hits. So What were they? Were they little, were they little C&I singles, or what were they? Nah, man, double right center gap, one hop off the wall, and then I got a, I, I hit one in the 5-6 hole uh, for a base hit in triple A. So I got a double in double A and a single in triple A, and I'm good. Yeah, and being a guy as big as you, like, are you mobile? Like, did you, were you running down that baseline chugging? No, nah, man. I, I mean, I'm sneaky athletic. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, they tell us when you hit the ball, do not, do not bust out. Like, you know, you put the ball on the ground, jog down the line, you know, take it yeah. easy. Don't hurt yourself. We need you to pitch. Uh, you know, that's why I, I don't know if you saw Muller's video back last year when Where he hit a ground ball on first base. And he, and hit he the, ate shit. Yeah, he ate shit on first base with the sniper. And, oh, my God. He got chewed out after that, right? Muller, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a tough look, especially when pitchers who are like non-athletic guys kind of right running run down the running down the baseline. Stuff like that. And have you been kind of um, have you been what's it called? What's that word? Have people thought that you were a football player based off of how big you are? And let me tell the fans how big you are. I mean, six foot six, two forty. You're listed at, which is just, I mean, you're pretty much Aaron Donald on the mound. So. Have people ever uh, thought, holy shit, this guy's a football player? Yeah, I've gotten football. I've gotten basketball. Uh, I've gotten them all, man. It's uh, just being this size. You're just the center of attention kind of wherever you go. And the first question is often, uh, it's how tall are you and what sport do you play? That's, those are the two questions that strangers ask the most. And uh, uh, I tell them I'm washed, man. I tell them I played in high school, but now I'm just a teacher. That's usually my go-to answer. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah dude we've we've had people say construction workers to people we've had people say everything everything in the book oh, man 
when we were uh, when I was rehabbing Tommy John down in uh, Orlando in 2017, there's so many jobs down there. Like we would say we worked at SeaWorld. We would say we worked at Disney. We would we would just make up different <laughs> ones everywhere we went. It was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that what um is that what like everyone would say? Like even Soroka would be like, yeah, I work at SeaWorld. Because he's pretty noticeable, right? Yeah. No. Well, back then, uh, um, you know, he was still in the minor leagues. But uh, I mean, he can't get away with anything now. I mean, once he's hit the the level that he's reached, uh, it's going to be tough to say anything else. Yeah. No. For sure, man. And uh, and also, I looked in your mugshot, and you have a beard in your mugshot, and now you're clean shaved. Is that something that was kind of forced upon you to do with the Braves, or is it just like I got to switch things up here? No, I had to switch things up. You know, it was just kind of. Quarantine managed my hotel, just feeling dirty, my beard, my long hair. I'm just like, ah, I gotta clean it up a little bit. You know, hopping on the pod and maybe on Zoom. Ah, I'll clean I respect it up. that. I, respect, <laughs> I actually, I can kind of respect guys with beard. Maybe, maybe go for handlebars next major league debut because the thing is, baseball's a game of marketing, right? So next time you want to, next time you're in the show, maybe rock the handlebars. You'll get a little tweet from Cespedes Family Barbecue, our friends, as well as us, and we'll be like, this guy's nails. You got, you got to market yourself. My man Jojo Romero is blowing up today with the Red Bull smash as he enters the game. Oh, I love that, and man. honestly, I do this thing on Twitter where I say, care to come on the podcast and discuss this. And I was about to do that for him because he looked straight out of Juco because I'm a Juco guy. He looks straight out of a junior college, just smashing shit off his head, running to the mound. What is Jojo like? Because um, he plays in the Philly system, obviously. So you, I guess your boys and I don't know how, but. What's he, is he like, is he nails or is he just always like that? Just always a spark plug on and off the field. So we grew up playing against, uh, playing against each other in uh, high school, uh, back in Southern California. He went to Oxnard. I went to private school, San Bonaventure. And, uh, we faced off a couple times and, you know, just familiar with each other, just growing up in the area. Um, you know, we've talked about it. Not a ton of people, uh, get to do what we do there from around there. So, uh, just kind of a brotherhood in the 805 area code. Um, just guys that made it. So I'm just familiar with him through there. And he is a Juco man. He, he's a, I don't know how you say it's cool, like Yukai or something like that in Arizona. Um, I, I went to Juco, Oxnard College in uh, Southern California. So, uh, yeah, man. But like I said, electric. Yeah. No, he he just looks, I mean, he just looks like he just always – is the is the center of attention in the room you just love to see those kind of things and you're from california and we've had some pretty good cali guys in the podcast and humble brag name drop tyler glass now ever heard of him um <laughs> what what is it like playing baseball in cali man i mean we've heard stories of like if you throw 90 you're not a bum there but you're uh, you're in the middle of the food chain if you throw 90 in high school in california is that true that's true man you're middle of the road um the, the level of baseball is just so high down there because it's year-round, and you got so many guys, especially now in the travel ball era, that are playing year-round that it's just it's the way it is. You know, I didn't get – I wasn't in the top two – I didn't my, until my senior year, I didn't – I wasn't in, like, the rotation in my high school. We had uh, two guys ahead of me. I was, like, the number three at my high school until my senior year I, I got to pitch more. Um it's you know we got schools like Harvard Westlake that are rolling out Giolito, Freed, and Flaherty as their one two three. It's just Arden, Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait 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 a minute. There was a school in your conference that that was their one two three. Giolito, Flaherty, and who else? Freed. They weren't in our conference, but they're about an hour hour and a half from us. They are were, you shitting me? That was their high school rotation. What? Are, what? How <laughs> did this team never lose? 
Uh, I think Julio got hurt that year. So they ended up losing the second or third round that year. But, uh, I mean, one of the best high school players I ever played against, Rio Ruiz, you know, a big leaguer for the uh, Orioles. He was with us with the Braves, now with the Orioles. Um, you know, that man was a position player. He hopped on the mound. He was 94, 95. It's like oh my God. Didn't even pitch. Uh, there's just so many guys like that around that, I mean, like I said, 90 is, I mean, you're going to go play college ball, but you're not like the top dog in your area. Just, you know, in my conference, um, it was myself and Phil Bigford uh, who went 10th to the Blue Jays and then like 16th to the Indians. But, I mean, he was up to 97, 98 in high school. And oh, my God. I was, I was at like 92, 93, 94. But it's like not even the top dog in my conference, man. <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, that was like what Soroka was like to us in Canada because everyone knew who this kid was because we'd obviously face him in Arizona or anything like that. And I'll be honest with you, man, I shouldn't have even brought a bat to the plate because I was like, when you're facing a guy that, first of all, it's the nerves of facing a guy that just throws gas and has just a disgusting slider piece or whatever he throws. And all of that, all of that intertwined together and me being a mental idiot, like I, I don't have the, I don't have the brain to be good at baseball. It's just a, it's a, it's a thing you hate to see, man. And so you, who's a couple other guys you kind of played in high school in California that were just nasty, massive prospects now, or even in the show. Let's see uh, from my area. The big guy in my area back then was Hunter Varant. Uh, he ended up going to UCLA and got injured, but he was probably one of the top dogs in my whole area. Um, but like I said, in that was Giolito, Freed, Flaherty. Um, who else was in that class? Just a freak of nature those, class. Those are, the, those are the big three. Um, you know, um, yeah, Phil Bigford was a year behind us, but he was there playing against us. Those are the big, I would say. And here's a question, though, because in Canada, if you're good at hockey, you're kind of popular in high school, you're that big dog on campus in high school. Would you say that's similar in the U.S., in California, when you're nasty at a sport like baseball, which is one of their major sports, that you're kind of that big dog around around the high school shoving kids in lockers, I guess you could say, just one of the guys wearing the leather jacket around the school. Would you say that is what it's like there? Does it overshadow football, or is it just kind of like one tier below? Nah, man. Well, the school, I, speaking from my experience, obviously, my school is a big football school. Uh, St. Bonaventure is always uh, in contention with the state title almost every year. We have a ton of kids that go D1, the top Oregon, USC, and just filter the Pac-12. So football is always top dog at school. Um, and honestly, I was probably better at basketball uh, until my senior year. Um, I had more accolades in basketball. I, I was perfectly happy to go play, you know, Juco, D3 basketball, and then started throwing hard in my senior year. And, uh, you know, we had a pretty good squad. And, yeah, I always loved baseball more, but I wasn't good enough to play, I think, until at the next level until junior, senior year. So when did you hit 90 then? Like, when, did you hit 90 when you were a junior, like, junior, so, a junior uh, senior when you were growing into your body? I hit 88. Honestly, I didn't do the whole travel ball circuit, really. So, like, I hit 88 as a sophomore um, against some school. And then my junior year, I may have hit 90. I don't know because I, I wasn't on the gun all year. Um, like I said, I, most of my time I spent playing basketball. I never did the area code circuit. I never did the the travel. I never got invited to the area codes. That's one reason why. But never did the travel ball circuit. Never did any of the showcases. Um, and then my senior year, my dad got a discount on some showcase uh, down in Palm Springs. And he's like, hey, like, I know it's basketball season. You think you can hop on a mound and throw? I was like, yeah. So I threw for a couple weeks. I went down there and I hit 92. 
and uh, I went from having no college interest to, um, you know, I got to school the next day and my coach had like six or seven flyers from uh, professional teams, um, you know, from the uh, big leagues and a uh, ton of schools had called because I hit 92 and, and that's, I was like, all right, I guess I'm all in on baseball now. And what was your JUCO like? Because if you don't know, I went to, I mentioned this all the time, people are going to get pissed. I went to JUCO Nebraska. And it was like grease, not greasy, but it was a grind. Like, I mean, shitty long bus rides, shitty meals, all that kind of stuff. So what is it like in California? Because what I have in my mind is, is, um, that show, what's it called? It, it's, it, it goes through Juco football. What's it called? Um, oh, last chance you? yeah, what I have in my mind is the last chance you at the California school where it's just players are sleeping in cars and stuff. Is that what it's like there at, at your Juco specifically? Uh, specifically at Oxnard, um, I had a pretty good setup, uh, not gonna lie, because my, the coaches at that school at the time, my grandpa had coached them in Little League, um, were family friends, um, you know, my dad had grew up with them, they all went to high school together, so it was pretty much, if I was gonna go Juco, um, which I was a bounce back, I went to a D1, then went Juco, then went back to Houston, or not back to Houston, but I went to Houston, um, so when I came back, it was like, no question, I'm going to go to Oxnard. I'm going to get hooked up. Like, here's the ball. Let, let us know when you want to come out of the game. Like, it, 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 was, it was really nice. So I, I lived 15 minutes with my parents from the college, so I didn't have to stay anywhere. Um, you know, that was just my situation. There are other guys on the team that, you know, it's, it's a mix. There are some really high income areas and there's other, some that are low income areas. Um, so we, we had a, we had a mix, but we had a, we had a nasty team. We were, and then we finished the final four for the state championship. Uh, California does their stuff differently. I don't know why California has their own championship. And then yeah. like the World series is like the rest of the United States. I don't know yeah. why California. I, I have no idea that also because in California, I know they don't recruit or give scholarships out of state, right? They don't recruit kids out of state. Which is, why is that? Do you know why that is? No, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea why that is, but there's no uh, no scholarships or anything like that uh, for athletics. I believe they can do academic, but, again, I don't even know that. Because it's weird, though, because I guess when you win in, like, the national cha- – like, I guess the national championship when you win the state title in California, it's called the national championship, I believe, right? Is that what they call it? yeah. So, you know, yeah, state championship, you're the NG, NJCAA, right? Yeah. No, that's the National Junior College. Yeah. I don't forget what the California one is, but you're like the national champions. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's weird how you guys aren't even in there, and there's like Arizona, yeah. Vegas, just everywhere. Assuming California's better, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, they're just assuming that you guys are, are are one above everyone else. But, yeah, man, it's, <laughs> it's actually crazy just looking back on that. I just it, just the fact that California has their own JUCO and pretty much says screw off to everyone else. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of cool, man. But I wanted yeah. to talk about I want to talk about Houston because Houston kind of looks like based off of what I've seen a pretty fun school. Like people looks like it looks like people kind of get after it there. What was your time like at Houston? Was it a cool uh, experience off the field? Were, were guys in the team getting after it, having a good time? Or- I loved it, man. I loved it at Houston. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a, a nice scholarship there. So um, I was in a dorm. Um, my best friend's my roommate. He's actually from Toronto. He's Canadian. Shout out Robert Grilly. Um, oh, Rob Grilly. I know who Robert Grilly is. You know Grilly? Yeah, do I, I don't know him personally, but I grew up watching him. He used to play for the Ontario Terriers, and then yeah. he wrote a book, right? He wrote a book yeah. about the grind. Yeah. So, you, yeah. so you know Grilly. Okay, you know Grilly. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, so yeah, we're roommates. Um, you know, I, I loved it. You know, the football scene, basketball. Um, dude, basketball, it used to be sick. So before they built the new arena, they had Hoffines. And uh, so that's where, like, Hakeem Olajuwon played, Clyde Drexler, like back in the old school Houston yeah. area. And they knew they were building a new uh, arena. So security would just, like, let us come and play pickup basketball on the court. So, like, we would just walk on the court and play pickup and just tell them we're on the baseball team and just play basketball on the same court that, like, Hakeem Dream played. And, dude, that's Holy shit. a basketball nerd. Like, I loved it. <laughs> um, you know, and just, just in the time that I've been gone, the facilities – uh, the facility upgrades that they've made it's it's unbelievable when i walk on it's like, when i walk when i go back to campus and walk around it's it's a new campus man it's crazy uh i loved my time there um i still go back and hang out in the off season still see the team every now and then and and uh you know go back and use the facilities they just built a golf simulator in the facility so i know i'm going back and we've hit playing in the golf simulator um yeah. you know i had a, i had a great time at houston um you know I didn't really go. I wasn't uh, going out much. You know, I knew I wanted to get drafted that year. So, I mean, I was pretty locked in uh, of what I wanted to do. I respect that separates you from me. Cause if I went to Houston, I would have known like I'm not getting drafted. Like the dream's over after these two years. So I get after it and you don't have to say guys, but was there specific guys on that team that kind of had the same mindset as me? It's like, I'm going to have a good time here. And obviously I play on the baseball team, but I'm going to still suck a song from enjoying university. I'm only here for four years. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly those guys on the team. And then, you know, again, I was, there's guys like that in minor leagues as well. I'm sure there's guys like Hell that. Hell yes. Just, Hell yes. It's just the talent level separates guys. You know, you can choose to do that. But if you're not, ta- if you're not talent level is up here, then, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just different. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's times a- to go out, times to not. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool because the thing that I, the thing that I envy, the, the people that I envy – are the guys that just put forth zero effort in the game of baseball and they're disgusting at it. Like a guy like Ronald Acuna, he could probably go out, get blackout drunk the night before a game, step onto the field and just hit four for four with two doinks. Am I right? Like it's just some of those guys are just freaks. Dude, some guys are just born to do it, man. Just roll out of bed, hit 350 with two bombs. And I mean, it's, it's some guys are just born to do it. Who's one guy you've played with that's kind of been like that, where he just wakes up and he's just disgusting at the game of baseball? Let's see. We had a kid in college that he's with the Nationals now, but Seth Romero uh, is a lefty for them. And that, I mean, kid could roll out of bed. It was 94, 97, just unbelievable stuff. And it's just like, dude, I'm around you every day. Like, I can't, I don't believe what I'm seeing right now. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, I envy those guys, man. I I really, really, really envy those guys. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely shitty. And then they'll hop on the golf course, shoot like an 82. for like, And they've never played before. They'll just shoot an 82 on the golf course, nailing 20-foot putts for no reason. Those, there's a lot of guys like that. And we're speaking about golf. What is your golf game like? Because I see you're wearing a TaylorMade hat. I'm a big TaylorMade guy. That's all the clubs that I have is TaylorMade. Humble brag. What, what's your golf game like? Uh, it's been okay. I'm like a 7-8 handicap right now. Um, you know, it's obviously we can't do too much while we're out here. Um, but you know, I get after it in the off season. Love golfing. It's a great escape from baseball. Um, dude, I, lo- I love it. I'm gonna get the new 770s. I think when, uh, when I get out of here, yeah. uh, I don't know if you, you know, yeah, made, no, I, I have, uh, I have M5s. I have M5 irons, but no. so that minor league paycheck must be hitting different. If you're, be, if you're going to be getting the 770s, I mean, those are pretty expensive irons, my man. I mean, 
those irons are they're blades, right? I believe they're blades. They're like that in between. They're like yeah. the in between of like game recruitment and like players' irons. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, yeah, that's definitely over. Yeah, man. Uh, no, fortunate. Um, you know, um, fortunate to be on the roster. Um, so it's not like minor league, minor league salary, yeah. which. You know, did many years of that as well. You know, 2015, 16, 17, 18, it's, it's a grind. I, I completely understand it. Um, you know, I was a seventh rounder. I didn't get the multi-million dollar bonus. Yeah. Um, you know, went like out shoemake, short. Like Shoemake did. <laughs> but a lot of guys around here did. Um, you know, so it's, it's just different. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's a grind, and that's a good segue because on this podcast, what we do is we like to talk about the minor leagues, and we like to bring up like hilarious minor league stories of the week. Uh, Matzik told a hilarious one where he was in his hotel room and he lifted up the sheets, and there was just a pool of blood under his bed in the minor leagues. So, do you have any funny stories like that? Because you, like you said, you've been in the minor leagues for a pretty good amount of time. You've done your service. Thank you for your service. What has your minor league career been like? I mean, what I mean, what what funny stories do you have from there? Man, uh, there's a ton. Um, I'll, I'll just name a few. We had this one guy for the longest time. He's not. He, he uh, it's not in the organization anymore. His name's Chase Johnson Mullins, but that that man is a legend. Um, he's back from backwoods Kentucky, six eight, like three spins. Like he's a big dude. And uh, I remember it was our first road trip in rookie ball, and uh, you know everyone's newly drafted. We're all pretty well. We'll go to minicamp. So minicamp, we all get drafted. They all send us to the spring training facility to work out for a week. And uh, so we're all out there. You know, we got our spikes on gloves. We're about to run through some PFPs. Mullins is playing, landed late, or for whatever reason, he was late to the field. So he, again, it's like second day, first day. He runs out to the field. He didn't have any cleats. He's wearing Sperry's. So he runs out and, like, total – he's a Juco guy, total Juco move. And he just hops in the PFP line and he starts doing PFPs and Sperry's. And I'm like, Mullen, what, what are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> this is the Braves. Like, if you need cleats, like, they got cleats, bro. Like, <laughs> and uh, so they stopped the whole drill, pulled them out. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, go get some cleats. And they sent, they sent them home. But anyways, we get sent out to Danville. We're in rookie ball. And, uh, and we – our first road trip, we're going to Bristol to go play the Pirates. And – everyone's on the bus and everyone's there, but Mullins. So everyone's calling him, you know, no answer. And so finally it's coach like, all right, time to leave. We're leaving him. So finally about two hours into the road trip, it's like a 10 a.m. bus. So it's like noon. Someone finally gets a hold of him and, uh, come and he's like, dude, like I slept in, I missed the bus. Like, what do I do? And uh, so they had to get the clubby of the rookie ball team to go pick him up from his place and drive him five hours to Bristol. So Mullins had to pay for Tiny's gas money and his hotel when he would get there, right? So we played the series against Bristol. We're about to leave. And uh, <laughs> and so we're about to leave. We're leaving the hotel. Everyone's on the bus. And where's Mullins? And so <laughs> we're all waiting again, and Graham – uh, you know, one of our guys, Josh, we sent him in to go find Mullins. He was his roommate, opens the door, and he said he opened the door, and Mullins is laying in bed with an empty bag of Doritos and just, like, the cheesy dust, just, like, covering <laughs> his body, still not ready to get on the bus. <laughs> He's like, Mullins, like, we're leaving in two minutes. And I was like, all right. And I guess uh, that year he didn't have a suitcase, so he threw everything into a guitar case. That's how he traveled. 
So he put all of his clothes into his guitar case and walked on the bus. I mean, just like stories like that are just like, oh man, you can't describe him to anyone outside the game. It's just, it's crazy. This guy's a legend, dude. I mean, so did yeah. this guy, is this guy out of the game of baseball now or? No, I don't think he's playing anymore. Yeah. I, honestly, man, he was just there for the ride. I mean, he was just there for the ride. That is incredible. The Sperry story. He's great, dude. I mean, it's, it, again, it's just different, man. <laughs> it is. It's to the minors, man. I mean, and you, and, and you play in some terrible, terrible cities there, too. Like, just 20 population, people roasting you. Um, just crazy, crazy cities. What's one city that you kind of visited where you're like, I cannot believe that I'm here right now? Like, where am I, essentially? Princeton. I don't even know the state. Princeton, West Virginia, maybe. <laughs> the Rays, short season team. And that locker room was so disgusting, we didn't feel comfortable showering there. Like, we got on the bus in uniform and went and just showered back at the hotel because that place was just so disgusting. Is that the one where it's, like, in the change room, the ground is is pretty much dirt? It's uh, – I, I think that's Bristol with the chi- – we have, like, chicken wire lockers. Yeah. Yeah, it's like wood. No, Princeton. It's it's honestly kind of like a high school locker room, and then like you have the bat. It's so tiny. So the bathrooms you have like you have the toilet, the sink, then you have the the training table for the training room. That's just right next to the pooper, and then next to that is the shower. It's, <laughs> this is disgusting. Like you know, you're showering, you're like looking over, and the trainer's working on the guy over there. It's like this is. I can't be. I can't be here. There's mold on the ground. Or I can't. I, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> it's it, it's def, it's crazy. Some of the cities, man. And I, I'm I believe I don't know if this is true, but are they shortening the minor leagues like teams? Are they are they like eliminating some teams? I've heard they're cutting teams. Um, you know, I, I'm not up to date on that news wise or anything like that or how many, but I, I I have heard that they are cutting a lot of teams. Well, you're a show guy, right? So you're not really that. Where I mean, you're a show guy. You're I mean, you're on the roster for the Braves, which is just you just love to see it. But um, yeah, man. I mean, being in the minors. Is there sort of like an uh, – we they always talk about the unwritten rules, all that kind of stuff, but the more years that you play in the minors, do you just kind of get looked upon as like the head honcho when you're on a team and stuff like that? For instance, like a guy like you who's been in the minors for, you said, a pretty good amount of time. When you're in like double-A or triple-A and these kind of young guys are coming up, is there some sort of respect that they kind of owe the older guys like you when you're in triple-A? Um, I mean, I don't want to like put words in their mouths or anything like that or assume, but I mean, like when I was coming up as a young guy and I got to, um, you know, double A, triple A, like that's definitely something that's there. Like you have respect for the guys that have been there before you and they're still on the team. And those are the guys that you kind of lean on your first couple you know, weeks, months there that they've already been at this level. They've struggled, they've succeeded. Like those are the guys you lean on when, you know, things aren't going right, when, you know, you have former big leaguers that are in double-A, triple-A. They're just like, hey, man, like, you know, what what was it like in this situation? Who was it like playing with this guy? What would you do against this guy? And a lot of the stuff that, you know, is passed down on to you, it's your job to pass on down to younger guys. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that, um, you know, are coming out of college that, I mean, brand-new draft guys. You got guys that didn't get to play their first full season uh, this year. Yeah. Um, guys that were facing high school pitching last year it's like it's so i i commend a lot of the young guys and all these alt sites because it's tough man especially to get drafted some college guys you know we got a guy here franklin uh that didn't have his junior year 
at Michigan. So my, he played two years of college ball, and he's thrown into it, and he's facing guys that are on the brink of the big leagues. Like, that's a tough first assignment in pro ball. And it's like you didn't get your chance to get your feet wet against guys, you know, at your level, at the same playing field, and have success. Like, I, I commend those guys because it's tough, man. Here's a question, though. But sorry, sorry to interrupt. But here's a question: Do you think that their at bats there are kind of looked upon it from the scouts, like if this guy's going to be good or not, or is it just they're just getting their feet wet, like you said? I think a lot of it's just getting their feet wet, man. Just being able to play some sort of season just to get at bats, um, you know. And honestly, it makes them better. You know, that's why uh, as growing up, you always want to play against the older guys. You want to play against um, you know guys that are better. Um, like that's when you learn the most. It's not when you're having success and raking and doing all that. Like you're gonna have the most success, or you're gonna learn the most when you're struggling. Um, so, or not, you know, even, even if you're not struggling, if you're raking, like then you know, like man, like if I got this guy's number, like I can hit, you know, I can hit this guy, this guy, this guy. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, as far as like young guys pitching coming up, again, it's just making sure it's not a lost year to make sure you're still throwing innings so you're able to play next year. I mean, it's. I don't know what's going to happen in the minor leagues next year, man. You're going to have guys that didn't get to play baseball this year and expect them to run out and throw 100 innings. Like, it's, it's Good tough. luck. Good it's luck. Yeah, and they announced, I believe, uh, Rob Manfred just announced it. I don't know. Yeah, Rob Manfred just announced that um, I think what he said was is there's going to be baseball in February. They're going to do spring training, and the season's going to start in April. I don't understand how we – like how the minor league guys are going to be able to adjust to that, man. I mean, they, if they start in February in spring training and they go back to their sites and they have to face live pitching, get spring training reps in, spring training ABs in, you can't just throw these minor league guys in the fire like that. Am I right or wrong? Like, how, how, you can't just do that without a year of playing or anything like that. Like guys like Nolan Kingham who haven't seen a hitter in, a, like, an actual game and since, what, last August? Yeah, uh, it's going to come down to, like, what guys have been doing over the year. I mean, it's going to be guys that have been – the guys that are going to have success are the guys that threw against live hitters this year that still went out and threw and worked out and treated it like a normal year. Um, you know, the guys that kind of mailed it in and you said, oh, you know, I'm just going to take this year and do whatever and I'll, you know, do it next year. Like, I think those guys are going to be the ones that kind of get left behind. Because um, that last year of playing, man, it, it, it's different. It's – you know, I just in my year when I rehab from TJ coming back the first few games, it's it's a learning curve. I mean, I didn't find feel for my slider for till July, you know, and then I was like good for August, September. But I was, I'd say back to myself, you know, for only a month of the five month season, and part of that because of the surgery, obviously, but part of that because I didn't face uh, hitters for a whole year. So I'm kind of in a sense of a rehab standpoint, but you know, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And then last question. So last year, you just had, I mean, you were just putting hitters in your back pocket. Not just to pump your tires here. I mean, six and one with a two nine eight, I believe, ERA. Is that good, stat nerds? Is is that good, stat nerds? What was going right for you last year, man? Because those numbers in AAA are what people aspire to do. Like what people dream to do in their AAA when you're pretty much on the brink of making it to the show. How nasty was last year for you? Because let's be cocky a little bit here, Weeks. I mean, what was last year like? Last year was awesome, man. Like I said, it was, for first, it was my first full season back. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I didn't really find my off-speed and feel for my off-speed until June, July. So, once I found that, the game just, again, became so much easier. Um, you know, I 
for one, just making it through the year healthy uh, was huge. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I finally had my I had my fastball back, had my slider, and got moved to the bullpen in July. So about to hitting my my I was about to hit my innings limit and moved to the bullpen, man, and I loved it. Um, just went out there and. You know, just pitch worked out for me. <laughs> there it is. What's your walkout song out of the bullpen? Like, let, let, let's also break news here. What are you going with? They don't, they don't, they don't play walkouts, man. Uh, I believe in Atlanta, unless you're the closer, like the setup guy, they're not doing walkouts. And then in the minors, I had a starter walkout. But then let me choose one as a reliever. But if I were to choose one, it would be Immortal by Kid Cudi. Okay. You're a big Kid Cudi guy. All right. I respect that. And let's get a guarantee here. Next time you step on a big league field, what's that velo going to be looking like? Give us a number to get the people going. Uh, it's going to be that typical mid-90s and reach up for a couple high 90s, man. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So we're going to say 97. Can we say 97? Break some news? Uh, yeah, that would push me a little bit. I, I can go get a 7 for you. There it is. We love that. And, 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 and when you get the call back up and when you're going to be let's in the bullpen, just send me the eye emoji. That's what we all our guests do when they get the call up to the show or when they're getting back to the show. Just send That's me the exactly. eye emoji or the Drake uh, gif of saying let's go. Uh, That's what we're going to do. But anyways, man, I mean, this was a pleasure to have you on. Um, I'm excited to see that next appearance because you're, you're going to be coming out hungry. You're going to be coming out hungry. No fans in the stands going to be carving, getting the people going at home. But, uh, yeah, man, it was a pleasure to have you on, Wags. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. That was fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.